You're listening to American Girl Women with Laura Treader and Lindsay Adams-Franca. This is a podcast where two millennial gals gather around the microphone and reminisce on the cultural phenomenon that took our childhood by storm, American Girl Dolls. Contrary to what you might think, we aren't just talking about dolls here. We're diving into the high highs and the low lows of getting hooked on American Girl and all the childhood memories that come flooding back. So join us and a few special guests each week as we become American Girl Women. Hey, Laura. Hey, Lindsay. I could not be more excited for this week's replay episode. I'm excited to listen to this replay episode just because I feel like I haven't listened to it since we first recorded it essentially or since it first came out rather all right so Laura I listened to it today I really wanted to go back and hear it because we've been having a lot of guests join us on our podcast and before um, we record like they've mentioned that they've listened to it recently and like I think you and I both just launched it two years ago and put it in the back of our minds and this is our most listened to episode ever and Honestly, I was like, I don't even know what we said on this episode. So I really wanted to go back and listen to it. And Laura, it was delightful. Oh, good. I'm so <laughs> I'm so relieved. I'm so relieved. Yes, this was the first episode we ever recorded that was talking about our personal journeys with American Girl. So I think that you know, we've come far as podcasters since then. We've also learned so much about American Girl since we started recording. And, you know, we never came into this claiming to be experts, but I think just through having so many knowledgeable guests, we've expanded our knowledge since this first episode. And it's kind of amazing, I think, to hear what was at the forefront of our minds when we started recording and kind of like the why behind we started recording as well. Right? It's so interesting to re-listen to this episode and see if any of our views have changed in two years. And honestly, like, it's such a good look into why we started this podcast, our experience with our American Girl dolls, which I think you hear bits and pieces of, you know, in the years that we've had the podcast, but this really outlines everything up front and is a really good intro to American Girl women. So, you know, if you are relatively new to AGW, I think this is such a great place to start. And I'm really excited for everyone to hear it again. Yes. And something that we have heard a little bit over the more recent recordings, I think from other guests is that off mic, that it was the first time that they saw what we looked like uh, <laughs> and like put our voices to our names. So I think when we have this episode come out today, we'll also share maybe like a little pic of Lindsay and I so you can see <laughs> who exactly has been talking for the past two years. But I'm, I'm really excited excited to to share this episode and I hope that you know maybe if you're a follower of the Instagram and you haven't delved into the podcast that maybe this is an entry point for you to just explore a little bit more deep into your past memories of American Girl. It's very true and yeah Laura like I remember when we first launched the podcast we had launched three episodes up front so it was this 
And then two other episodes, one with Becca King and one with Maddie Gay, who were co-workers of ours at the time. So it was really interesting to like go back and listen to this podcast, but I don't think I could go back and listen to Becca or Maddie's episodes. (laughs) Those are like too early on. Like, I don't know what I even said on those. (laughs) Uh, I know, I know. We were really, I think we also recorded those before we recorded this one. Um, So like we were really like roughing it up. (laughs) (laughs) Seriously, like Becca's was just like a complete test episode. Like we didn't think that would even go to air like at all. So the fact that it's like up on Spotify, you know, Apple podcasts, wherever you're listening right now is just, it's probably a trip. I don't know. Maybe I'll go back and listen to it. <laughs> yeah, maybe if I'm brave. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Well, we hope everyone loves this episode as much as I enjoyed it. And Laura, please listen to it. I think you're going to love it too. It's really good. <laughs> I think I loved it. I loved it at the time that it first came out. So I think I'll still love it today. <laughs> <laughs> you will totally. And we'll be back next week with all new episodes. So with that, enjoy and we'll see you next week. Hi, Laura. Hey, Lindsay. (laughs) Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to our podcast, American Girl Women. Here we are. How did we get here? This has been months in the making. Starting a podcast after the journey we've been on is just the most natural thing in the world we could do. For our listeners that obviously are just getting to know us, Lindsay and I throughout the pandemic, but even before, have been on a little bit of a pop culture journey that landed us here at American Girl. So Laura and I actually worked together at the hair care brand Amika. I head up public relations and Laura. I am the account manager for one of our pro divisions. I think it was maybe two-ish years ago, there was an in-office book club and it was really nice, right? Like they ordered everyone who wanted to be in the book club books. There were weekly meetings and I think I maybe went to like two meetings. I don't know how many you went to. (laughs) I received the book and then I went to zero. (laughs) I went to zero meetings. I never opened the book. I felt so bad. I know I really wanted to be into it, but I just think that like in theory was like oh this could be so fun but then I just couldn't get into you know not being able to sort of choose the topics that we were going to cover that's totally fair so we're talking about this at the time that book club is great and all but we're more tv gals so we started a bit of a tv club watching early 2000s reality tv shows we would watch a couple episodes and then meet to discuss it we were really consistent about it and we were really passionate should we talk about the first show that we watched yeah so we started (laughs) with the i believe 2010 reality show high society with Tinsley Mortimer and her sister Dabney and of course their mother (laughs) Dale. I don't know if any of our listeners are familiar with Tinsley or High Society at all but this was a very niche show for sure for us to get started with but it did not disappoint. When the pandemic hit we kept up our TV club. We met every Wednesday to talk for a couple hours. We watched all three seasons of Newlyweds with Nick and Jessica which then turned 
turned into the Ashley Simpson show, which then led to Ashley and Evan, which was on VH1. And we were listening to one of our favorite podcasts, the American Girls podcast. And they had an episode where I think they were talking about like what they would buy in the catalog. And that definitely piqued our interest. So we had just finished Ashley and Evan, and we decided to take a look through a catalog that someone had uploaded onto Flickr and (laughs) realized that we had a lot to talk about and one session wasn't going to do it for us. No, absolutely not. And like we had definitely brushed up against American Girl before the pandemic in the office and stuff. We definitely know that we had that in common, but we sort of just felt like it was a natural shift. Like we were doing TV club, but we really wanted to be talking about the catalog. So we spent the next four months meeting every week to talk about this one singular catalog that we went through only three times over those four months. We were (laughs) scrutinizing the catalog in such extreme detail that we would, you know, sometimes just look at one or two pages and talk about it for hours. So many memories were coming back to us. There was just so much to talk about. And when we had decided that we were done enough with the catalog not to do it a fourth time then we went into watching the American Girl movies that they released probably like mid 2000s 2010 which I believe neither of us had seen and then we moved on and we realized how much we missed talking about American Girl and Laura had the genius idea to start this podcast and I'm just so excited to continue these conversations because anyone we talk to about American Girl, the excitement and enthusiasm like just comes rushing back. I think it's so interesting that the more Lindsay and I started getting invested in American Girl and started talking about it with other friends of ours, whether mutual friends or our own individual friend groups, we started to get a lot of feedback from people about what American Girl meant to them or like where their dolls are now and just little cute anecdotes from people's childhood. And it was becoming really clear to us that a lot of people in our lives also had American Girl stories that they wanted to share. So I think that there's no better format to do that than by bringing some of our friends and acquaintances on the podcast to tell us what American Girl means to them. Exactly. We're having some fun conversations with our guests talking about the entire world of American Girl, whether they had the doll or they were super into the books or even just a very intense reader of the catalog. I feel like there are so many ways to interact with the American Girl world and every one of our guests has a very different story to tell. And it's really exciting to hear all of these different voices come together and share what American Girl has meant to them. Absolutely. But before we share some of those gems of stories with our guests with you, I think Lindsay and I would like for our listeners to get to know us and our experiences with American Girl a little bit too. All right, Laura, let's start this off. What were you like growing up? Oh, Lindsay, I know that you already know this about me, but I think it's important for my origin story for people to know that I am a Leo. (laughs) As an adult Leo, I think I'm so different from 
the childhood Leo tendencies I had, but I loved all kinds of like dressing up, role play, drama, fantasy, anything that basically like allowed me to be extra and dramatic as a kid I was into. I was extremely girly. I played sports, but was not particularly good at them. (laughs) And I loved from even a very young age consuming lots of pop culture, like Spice Girls, Britney Spears, anything like that, that was like up and coming. Loved celebrity gossip when I was a teen and was a big fan of reality TV, probably from when I first started watching The Real Housewives of Orange County in like 2006. So that's kind of led me to who I am today. We would have been best friends growing up. I feel like we would have been too. Lindsay, what were you like as a kid? Very similar. Also a Leo, also very girly. Anything involving dressing up, fashion, that was totally like where my heart was. I also grew up dancing ballet, but I was always a really goofy kid too. Like all of my memories from dancing have been like more so about like the friendships that I made at ballet and like trying to make my friends laugh and just being like super, like a super weird kid. And I feel like with American Girl, my doll was always Felicity. Like she was my girl. I loved her from the start. And that like same like spunky independent nature that Felicity he has really resonated with me. I totally see that for you, first of all. And I love that you brought up that you like love to do dance, but we're more into the social aspect of it because that was <laughs> exactly me. I was the same way. I danced for a few years as a kid and was just always into like the friendships of it. But I do feel like for both of us, you started out with Felicity as your doll. I started out with Samantha. Even though we had like very similar vibes as kids, I feel like those different dolls do line up with how we were you know as individuals like for me as a Samantha I was like very into like appearances and like (laughs) a little bit of drama I feel like Samantha has a very strong sense of justice I feel like Felicity also does too the queen of justice the queen of doing the right thing or getting what's hers exactly I do think it's not lost on either of us though that we also started out with dolls that had extremely beautifully made wardrobe options. Oh, only the best for us. I mean, between Felicity and Samantha, those are some of the best outfits in the AG catalog. A hundred percent. Like as much as like I can appreciate uh, Kirsten now, later in life, I do see like why I was drawn to like the ostentatiousness of like a Samantha as a kid because her outfits were just so extra and over the top and I think Felicity like same thing like if you wanted a doll to have really pretty clothes those two were probably like top tier agreed when we were going through the catalog we rated everyone's outfits against each other like three times over and the final vote for best outfit went to Felicity's summer dress However, Samantha's birthday dress was a very close second. Mm. And I think Samantha overall is completely my vibe now. And I'm obsessed with everything in her collection from her birthday attire and furniture and the little cakes and ice cream that she has at her birthday to the muff. And we can't fail to mention her brass bed. Like everything, everything about Samantha is completely aligned with my vibe today. And I Mm -hmm. love it. And by the time time I really dove into Samantha and her books, I was phasing out of American Girl 
probably like age 11. Like I wasn't going to get a new doll at that point, but I wish I had her whole collection. Yeah. I feel like in hindsight as an adult, like if I were to go to the store and be able to pick out any doll I wanted, I probably would pick Samantha to this day. A little bit of backstory about how I ended up with Samantha. I didn't choose her as my first doll because I was like, maybe like five or six when I got her, which is a little young, but my grandparents got her for me. And I think they chose her because she looked a little bit like me. I had brown hair, brown eyes and bangs. And I think like, she's also just a good starter for a lot of young girls. I definitely think today, if given the choice, she would be the one that I would pick. Because like you said, Lindsay, like all of her stuff is just so cute. And that birthday dress in particular is really something to behold. But I would love to know how you ended up with Felicity. I think I got started on Felicity and American Girl in general through the books. Probably one of the first things that I was reading when I first learned to read. Actually, I don't even know if this is true. That doesn't sound like a beginner book, does it? Felicity, like the American Girl books as beginner books. I don't know. I, cause I, when I got Samantha, I must've been in the first grade when I got Samantha and I started reading her books right away. So I think you probably could have been reading them. Yeah, maybe. All right. Maybe my mom will have to have to yeah, weigh in on this. <laughs> maybe, maybe your mom helped you. Cause I know my mom and I would read them together, but I would like read and my mom would help me, which was probably mm. like so boring for her. That's probably the case because I remember reading them very early on, but I Mm -hmm. couldn't have at my reading level and age, but I had been reading them for a couple of years before I got the doll. I think I got the doll for Christmas when I was in third grade. I remember choosing Felicity. Like I loved Felicity and I specifically wanted her, but I'll have to connect further with my mom on this to like hear what the process was like on the back end. So I absolutely adored Felicity. I took her everywhere, including a trip to Colonial Williamsburg. I think in that same year that I got her, where I was just walking down the cobblestones holding Felicity, probably like every other eight-year-old girl who was there as well. So cute. I absolutely loved her. And I didn't have like a huge American Girl collection in terms of wardrobe or dolls. I think I only really had Felicity in her meat outfit and then her birthday outfit and her lamb posy (laughs) in addition to a bitty baby that I got when I was maybe like four or five. And I think I had a bit more for my bitty baby than I did for my actual American Girl doll. I did build up my collection with some of the girl of today stuff, but I feel like just having the doll itself was always enough for me. I really interacted with American Girl, mostly with the books, but also with the catalog. What was your experience like? Well, I definitely got really into the books, like even the books that weren't for dolls I had. So I think I read all of Samantha's books, a large amount of Felicity's books, for sure. Most of Addie's books, all of Josefina's books, because I also acquired her. One of my last American Girl dolls I had was Kaya, who... I don't know how familiar you are with her, Lindsay, but she was like a later addition to the historical characters. But I think I read her first book. So I was into the books for sure. Like even I would take them out of the library, even like if I didn't like really know the doll at all, I was pretty into it. I was never really into Kirsten's books, but I think that's probably because I was into Little House on the Prairie and I felt like I had my pioneer itch scratched by that. (laughs) Can you go back a little bit and talk about all of the dolls that you had? Yes. Instead of like investing in 
potentially like more accessories for like one or two dolls I really went hog wild on acquiring (laughs) more dolls so I got Samantha at a very young age from my grandparents and I was probably like initially a little too young to like really understand but once I like got my hands on that catalog and saw like what else they had I was like really 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 into it so I started acquiring more Samantha outfits and accessories obviously the birthday outfit is high on the list plus the little winter outfit with the muff for sure Uh, the Christmas outfit (laughs) but once I had gotten a few things for Samantha I started to get the itch for another doll and then I believe I got Josefina when I was maybe six or seven I think no I think I was even younger I think I probably got Samantha when I was like five and got Josefina when I was six because I remember I was still in kindergarten when I got her were you specifically choosing Josefina like do you remember making that decision Yes. And I think it was important for me to get her because it was like, I loved Samantha, but that choice was made for me. Whereas like Mm -hmm. Josefina was like who I was choosing for myself. And I really loved her little gold hoop earrings a lot. (laughs) So for a few years, I would say from probably like five to seven, I just had Samantha and Josefina. And then I acquired in the third grade, I remember vividly Christmas from Santa, a girl of today, but I didn't go with a girl of today that looked like me because Samantha already looked like me. So I got a girl of today that had very distinctive look compared to the other ones because she didn't have bangs. She had like strawberry blonde curly pigtails that were like shoulder length and green eyes and freckles. And she wore like a very early 2000s outfit. This was like 2001. So she had a vest with like a long sleeve shirt underneath it and then like a long skirt with like Mary Jane's it was oh my god wait was this like the denim vest outfit I don't think the vest was denim I think it was like kind of not like puffy but it was like like a swishy material sort Mm. of oh my goodness I love that (laughs) yeah it was very early 2000s and I think it's like what every girl of today you know how like they have one set outfit depending Mm -hmm. on when you get them After that, I acquired a bitty baby for the first time, which is late to be getting a bitty baby. But I had the brunette bitty baby and I had some outfits for her. And then I got Kaya. And then right at the tail end of me being interested in American Girl, the bitty twins who were blonde and blue eyed. And then later they made brunette ones. And I really wish that I had gotten those ones but I got the bitty twins and then capped out my collection with a trip to the American Girl store with an impulse buy of Kaylee who was like a girl of the year that is quite the collection (laughs) yeah I'm like out of breath from like (laughs) seriously were you playing with them all at once like were they interacting with each other because they're all like different ages different sizes time period even between the bitty twins and the bitty baby like those are different age groups you're making me have a recovered memory I think I used to like to pretend that they were all sisters oh that is really sweet and that the bitty baby twin boy was a brother but I mean, you could put a bow in his hair and he would look exactly like the girl twin, but (laughs) I think like 
I had them like ranked by age by when I got them. And so it was like, Samantha was the oldest sister. Josefina was the second oldest. My girl of today was the third oldest. Kaya was the fourth oldest. Kaylee was the fifth oldest. And then the Biddy twins were in the younger end. And then Biddy baby was the youngest. And they were all my children. <laughs> that is truly amazing. Yeah. I definitely played with them like in different ways too. Like not just like that, but I think that that was like one popular way I used to like to like line them all up and be like, here they are. Like I would would take pictures of them some of which I found all right save it for our Instagram which everyone should follow at American Girl Women what were some of your favorite outfits that you had for these dolls for Samantha it was definitely the birthday dress which is that adorable pink pinstripe dress with the lace pinafore apron for Josefina also her birthday outfit is like a beautiful blue skirt with like a white like flowy top for the girl of today I don't really remember like putting her in different outfits than like her outfit she came in but I do remember that there was this one spring dress because you know when you're looking through the catalogs like a lot of the outfits have like a specific purpose like oh this is the horse riding outfit this is the cheerleading Mm -hmm. outfit but sometimes they just had like cute dresses right like right so I do remember getting for girl of today this like blue like chiffon type like dress that was very early 2000s that had like a little floral purse that came with it and like a slide sandal I think I know exactly what you're talking about yeah I think that was probably my favorite outfit and then for the other ones I had like the ones I got later I don't really think I acquired a lot of outfits for them because I was kind of like moving out of the interest period so if there was a graph of the amount of outfits I got it was kind of like in a downward curve as I got older but (laughs) like definitely Samantha and Josefina had like the most outfits out of anyone I love that yeah I feel like when I got my doll when I was in third grade and again I didn't really have that much for her I feel like American Girl was really ramping up in like 96 97 98 like introducing Girl of Today and like all of the different accessories and outfits when I was really looking at the catalog and I might be totally wrong about this but the selection wasn't as big I was born in 1986 and the original dolls were pretty much what was available at the time and when I was phasing out of it probably when I was in fifth grade or so is when things started getting really good. I remember looking at the catalog, like even in junior high and noting things that I would like, but that I wasn't actually going to put on my Christmas list or Hanukkah list or birthday list. It was just more in theory that I wanted this stuff. Yeah. I definitely think I transitioned into that phase too, where like there was a period of time after I sort of aged out of it, where I really still enjoyed looking at the catalog. Like I would never not look at the catalog when it came until I was probably like in high school and we probably stopped getting it because they were like, our data shows (laughs) that the girl in this household is too old for American Girl. But was there anything like specific you had for Felicity that you were like, oh my God, I'm so glad I got that. I love that outfit for her or for Bitty Baby at all. I think what just comes to mind is Felicity's birthday outfit. Mm -hmm. And I might've had more outfits than just those, but really those are what stand 
standing out in my mind. And I loved her birthday outfit so much and I still Mm. love it. And if it came in my size, I would wear it every day. Like Felicity's wardrobe is just perfection to me. It's so beautiful. I remember looking at the catalogs when I was a kid because like Felicity was always a doll that intrigued me. I think I was probably close to getting Felicity a couple times. But do you remember this light purple dress that she had that was like striped almost, but with flowers? I think that's a bit newer. I believe that came out like well past my prime, but it's like in her collection now, like when they re-released her this year. And we even saw Shailene Woodley wear it in the Felicity movie that she stars in. Yes. (laughs) Like, I wonder if they brought that into her collection after the movie or what came first there. But that traditional colonial dress always caught my eye. And something that I never had, but always wished I did, was to have the girl-sized clothing. Oh, yes. That was always my favorite section of the catalog. I dream of those dresses still. The attention to detail on all of them. I think also like speaking to how we both were as kids, which is like very much into the fantasy of it all and like dressing up like the ultimate fantasy fulfillment would be like dressing like your favorite American Girl doll and sort of like acting like, you know, like how if you put on the outfit, it just makes it feel so official. Oh, yes, totally. I remember like begging my mom to get me the dress that Felicity wore in her, I think it was her meat outfit Mm -hmm. before a class field trip to this colonial reenactment village what I would give to wear Felicity's dress on this field trip. But those dresses are expensive, right? Like, I don't know how much they actually are, but like, it wasn't worth it for a field trip appearance. Yes, I think they were fairly expensive, which I also was like always kind of interested in getting one, but they were really expensive. But I just feel like it was almost like, oh, if I put on this costume, I will feel like I am Felicity (laughs) or I am Samantha. I definitely am with you on really wanting to do that. But I think my mom was turned off for the same reason where it's like extremely expensive and not super practical. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if you feel this way, but anytime I put on my Hill House nap dress, I kind of feel American Girl doll-esque. Totally. Nap dresses are definitely American Girl adjacent. Like, (laughs) even like the this section of their like bedtime outfits, their nightgowns, like there's something so nostalgic about all of those outfits, especially Samantha's that I'm like always trying to like recreate. I know. I really feel like I'm on the hunt for a nightgown for that reason. I love all their (laughs) nightgowns. They just look like so comfy and light and flowy. Right. For my bachelorette, we were in a Victorian mansion in upstate New York and I had like three requests have a meal that was all frozen appetizers, like from the freezer aisle of the grocery store. Um, Second was to have some kind of dance party element. And the third was for everyone to wear vintage nightgowns. And I wonder if that comes from American Girl, like somewhere in the back of my mind has this love for like the vintage, roughly lacy nightgown. Which I think kind of adds up. Absolutely. I think that that sounds so fun. Honestly, it's such a good idea. I will say like, because 
at the time of this recording. It's like winter time. It makes me nostalgic for this nightgown I used to have as a kid called a Lons nightgown. I think they're made in Austria. They're like flannel nightgowns, very American Girl-esque. And my mom and I had matching ones. And I'm just like- so wholesome. Right? And I'm just like, I want to just like have that also for like my doll. That would be amazing. (laughs) I want want to find one of those nightgowns as an adult. I asked my mom actually if she kept my little baby Lons nightgown and she said she's not sure so I'm gonna take her up to the attic to see but definitely American Girl vibes I feel like there's just something about like that like again like it's like you're in a floor-length nightgown like you are living in another time right peak coziness was there anything from the catalog that you still think about that you didn't get Definitely, like, in hindsight, because I'm so into Samantha now, Samantha's bed is definitely high on the list. I had Josefina's bed, which was cute, but, like, it wasn't very opulent. Samantha's Mm. bed was so cool. I think also, like, the furniture was very appealing to me, which my mom probably did not want to get me that because it was extremely, like, hard to store. Like, it took up so much space. (laughs) But I did have Kaya's teepee. She was Native American and she had a teepee that was, like, very authentic to even assemble. I remember my dad and I putting it together. But the one bed that I didn't have besides Samantha's that I really wanted was this like girl of today bed that they had in like, you know, like the middle section of the catalog after the historic girls, but before Biddy Baby was like all of the girl of today stuff. And I remember this bed had like It was, like, not a canopy bed, but, like, it had so much, like, storage. It might have been, like, a Murphy bed. It, like, folded out and, like, had all these shelves on the side and they had like shot this bed for the catalog as like having like clothes folded in the shelves and like little fake books. And I loved that idea. Oh my goodness. I remember that. I think it might've even had like a trundle situation. I don't know, but It really was something I wanted to add to my collection, but it was definitely like one of the more expensive items in the catalog. Mm, Yeah. What about you? I mean, I really think it's pretty much everything with Samantha from her bed to her birthday furniture, her birthday outfit. I was really into the little food on everyone's table as well. (laughs) Like I didn't have any of those as accessories, but pretty much every doll had some kind of food that appealed to me. And I would, I would love to have that like today. I feel like I could work that into my home decor in some way or another. I know the little like birthday vignettes were always so cute. And I think that out of all of the stories that they would create with like props and stuff in the catalogs, the birthday ones were always like a two page spread. Remember? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. Every, I think like every birthday vignette had like your doll's little outfit like a table and chairs situation with like Mm -hmm. the food that you mentioned and then like whatever their major gift was because I think they all got like a big gift (laughs) I think wasn't Felicity's lamb posy like part of her birthday in some way yeah her grandfather gave it to her oh so cool posy is so cute So, Lindsay, I know you talked about bringing your doll to Colonial Williamsburg, which is sort of like, you know, you were taking parts of the American Girl universe and like connecting them back to your doll's story. And I think like a lot of the people we've talked to have 
mentions that there were sort of like these informal American Girl events that they attended throughout their childhood. But I would definitely say for me, my interest in American Girl probably peaked around age eight, which is when I attended an American Girl camp in my town. And I remember like having like very Samantha like activities to do like a hoop and a stick that you'd push along like <laughs> yeah we, we learned how to do that very Samantha like but I remember bringing my doll to that there was I think one day where everybody brought their doll in and you wanted to like have your doll be in like the environment that you were sort of experiencing that like historical time period and I think that that's something that I feel like we both really were impacted by like the historical part of American Girl which was like we weren't just like reading the books because they were about girls our age we were like actually invested in like learning about the history and like able to say like oh Felicity Colonial Williamsburg like Samantha like turn of the century game playing like I love that we both had an opportunity to sort of like get to experience like in real time, our doll's environment. That's so true. There are so many relatable aspects to American Girl. And I think that is a reason why we're drawn to them and still have such a strong connection to them today. The books really showed history through a way that a young girl would have experienced it, where you're reading about things that you're learning about in history and these books bring it to life. It's like a way to almost make history fun. And like, I always felt like in school, we were never learning about the things in history that I wanted to be learning about at that time. Because like, once you sort of get a sense of like, all the stuff there is to learn about in American history, like I remember like colonial times was like a really interesting to me, but we weren't always like learning about that in school. And I think it gave you the opportunity to like choose to learn instead of just mm-hmm. being shown, okay, this is what we're learning about. Like with American Girl books, like you were making the choice to learn about a time period that interests you and I think for like young kids like that's very significant and I honestly think it made me into like someone who enjoyed learning. Definitely. We hear from a lot of people that we connect with how much of an impact American Girl has on them and their love for history in general. Absolutely. And I think I definitely want to revisit the books today because I feel like they were good books and I feel like they're going to be easy reads for an adult. But I think that probably like a lot of the content of them is still very touching, like the first time I read it. And and still going to be super interesting, even if, you know, I'm obviously not a nine-year-old reading them anymore. I'm a 28-year-old reading them. But I think that that's the thing about the content is that it's like very timeless. And even if you, you know, sort of fall off as you get older and aren't as interested, part of you always is like, oh yeah, like I really enjoyed that. Maybe I should revisit it. And I think that's, you know, kind of what drew us to starting this podcast. Exactly. There are so many conversations that touch upon that. And we kind of explore it all with this podcast, whether it is, you know, someone talking about their relationship with the women in their life through American Girl and the friendships that surround it or things that they were doing within their communities with American Girl and going to different events and just how people learn to grow up through American Girl. We talk a lot about the books, not only the historic, but also the more lifestyle-based books that American Girl released throughout the years. And it's really interesting to have these conversations with our guests on this podcast and just learn how everyone connected to American Girl and 
and we're all coming from very different experiences, but you know, we all had the same building blocks, but we took it in different directions. And that's always really interesting to hear when we speak with our guests. Yes. I love how many different types of stories and experiences we've gotten to hear about so far. And I think we're only just scratching the surface. I think there's going to be many, many more amazing and unique perspectives that we're going to get on the podcast. We have so many great episodes in store and we can't wait for you all to follow along with us. Thanks for listening, guys. See you next time. Thank you for listening to American Girl Women. For more AG Women content, follow us on IG at American Girl Women or send us your American Girl stories via AmericanGirlWomen at gmail.com. We might just read them on the pod. If you like this podcast, tell your friends and rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts.